0: And welcome to Cambridge Exam Coach Podcast. My name is Christian. And I'm Alexandra. And together we're the team behind cambridgeexamcoach.com. If you want to improve your English and learn more about exam preparation, this podcast is for you. We will use vocabulary and grammar in a way that's engaging, authentic and non-trivial. And if you are a visual learner, you can find the transcripts of our episodes on the website as well. In the previous episode, we talked about how to write an essay, which is one of the tasks in the Cambridge C1 exam. Today, we're going to be talking about another part of the C1 exam, use of English. First, we'll briefly remind you about the type of tasks in this part of the exam. Next, we'll give you recommendations about how to prepare for these tasks. Unfortunately, still no jingle. So without further ado... Let's jump in. Hey, Alexandra, how are things?
1: Hey, hey, hello from the other side of your screen. <laughs> Thanks for asking. I'm good, I'm good. Looking forward to New Year holidays. How are yes. things for you?
0: Uh, celebrated Christmas, which was amazing, and now, uh, basically in between, right? <laughs> in between Christmas and New Year's Eve, uh, preparing this podcast. Feeling good, did my um, usual routine in the morning, Mm. running and all that stuff. So the endorphins are still there, so I'm ready to go.
1: Yeah, you know, they have the song, Lost Between the Moon and New York City. And you are lost between Christmas and New Year.
0: (laughs) In limbo, in limbo. In limbo, yeah. (laughs) Okay, then. Now let's talk about part two three, and four of the reading and use of English paper. Alexandra, uh, before I uh, start talking or continue talking for the whole podcast...
1: (laughs) (laughs) No spoilers at this
0: point, okay? (laughs) Can you briefly tell our listeners which tasks they will have to do in these parts of the exam?
1: Yes, I will do that. Thanks. Thanks for this opportunity, Chris. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so uh, the use of English section consists of three parts, and in the exam they go under the numbers two, three, and four. Some people think that number one is also part one, is also about use of English, but it's reading, so we're not going to talk about this one today. Well, part one, uh, not part one, so the first uh, use of English task is part two, which is called open-close. Uh, And in this task, candidates have to read the text and fill in the gaps. And unfortunately, or maybe fortunately, there is no set of words given, so candidates have to identify which one word fits each gap. Normally, the gap words are articles, uh, prepositions, pronouns, verb tenses and forms. In part 3, which is word transformation, there is one more text with gaps. For each gap, you have one stem word that you need to change to fit this particular gap. For example, your stem word is profession, and you need to change it into professional. And the final part, part number four, which is said to be the most challenging of the three, and I agree, is called keyword transformation. As you get from the name itself, you have to change something in this task to transform it. Specifically, you have one sentence and a keyword and the keyword gives you a clue about what structure of phrase you need to make. To put it short, let's take this example. Okay, so the original sentence is James would speak to the head of the department alone. Your keyword is the preposition on. So, this and you have a second sentence you need to uh, fill the gap in using this preposition on and you need to have the same kind of meaning, you need to uh, keep the meaning. So, and how you transform it. James insisted on speaking to the head of the department alone. So, the second sentence is similar to the previous one. So, that's how it works. Um, so I should say here that if you want to have a clearer picture of what we are talking about in the podcast, in this particular podcast, you can download a free C1 advanced sample paper and refer to it while we're talking, because you may want to have some examples in front of you. Well, Chris, that's what you asked me to do. I hope it has been brief. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> Thanks for this, for delegating this to me. And do you have anything else to say here? <laughs>
0: You here, listeners, we're working on an equal basis. <laughs> There's no boss in charge here. <laughs> no.
1: It's <laughs> you said, so at the very beginning of my talking, so, yeah.
0: No worries, no worries. <laughs> uh, just, just one more thing. Uh, we will put a link to that particular sample paper uh, in the uh, description of this podcast and also on the website. Mm -hmm. Uh, So don't worry about that You can just check the description And then click on that link And there you'll see the sample paper That we're talking about Anyway, uh, that's a great introduction Thank you very much And uh, as usual uh, Listeners are always looking out For tips and advice And dare I say it, shortcuts (laughs) Well, I'm not going to give you any shortcuts uh, But I'm going to say something about the two different ways that you can do to prepare for this particular part of the exam. Because uh, I want to make one thing abundantly clear here. There are two ways how to prepare. And if part one, or let's say the first manner in how to prepare is not your thing, you have to do the second way. Okay, so the first way is that basically you've already done it. You've been reading literature, magazines, news articles, uh, opinion uh, papers, uh, opinion pieces in the newspapers for a few years. And in this case, uh, the use of English parts of the exam will be easy. And Alexandra is looking at me easy? Yes, that's right. I said easy. Uh, because if you've already been reading for a few years, you have a great deal of passive vocabulary and grammar knowledge, uh, which will help you to answer the questions in the use of English part of the exam correctly. Naturally, you need to take several practice tests and mock exams to train yourself for the real exam, but you don't have to spend hours and hours and hours learning and revising grammar. And that is the thing you need to do when you haven't been reading literature for years and years and years. Then there's only one way to prepare for this exam. Let's imagine that you are going to take it in three months from now or six months from now. In this case, you have to spend hours and hours and hours learning and revising grammar. If you want to pass the Cambridge G1 exam, you need to understand advanced English grammar. So I'm talking about, you know, uh, passives, reported speech, inversion, conditionals, cleft sentences, and so on and so on. And listeners, now I can hear you thinking, uh, wait a minute, Christian, I want to enjoy listening to your podcast, but now you're just giving me a headache. (laughs) It's terror uh, with all this jargon. And uh, you're absolutely right. But no worries. Uh, Next year... And luckily for you, that's already in a few days uh, at the time that we're recording this in 2022. Alexandra and I are going to help you learn all the grammar you need to know in a fun and engaging way. And for that, we'll be using the podcast. Uh, You can do exercises in the Facebook group. And hopefully, probably, maybe we might launch our own TikTok channel in 2022. And there we will also help you to understand things like inversions, conditionals, reported speech, and so on and so on. Alexandra, have I forgotten anything in this mm, part?
1: No, you haven't. <laughs> but I had just one idea. When you started talking, you said, we're not going to give you any shortcuts. I think that if I were one of our listeners, I would stop here. I would quit just like that. <laughs>
0: So, but anyway,
1: nothing comes easy. Nothing comes easy. But I think that I relate one hundred percent to what you've said. That if you have experience of, let's call it experience, like reading experience, uh, mm-hmm. it will come easy, <laughs> like in yeah. comparison with the second point. But it doesn't mean that uh, it's not achievable. It's always achievable. So
0: absolutely, you effort. you have to put in the work yeah. and uh, to come. I'm going. I'm. Uh, I will elaborate on what you just mentioned about the shortcut because this uh, ties in with the first uh, point of advice that I want to give our listeners Um, the thing is that my first recommendation, advice or should I say warning (laughs) is that please, please please don't underestimate this part of the exam the thing is if you look at the uh, marking scheme you see that you can only score 26 points in this part of the exam. But don't forget that 20% of your overall grade is going to be your Use of English score. Is that right, Alexandra? Absolutely, That's correct, yeah. right, what I'm saying? Yeah, okay. Exactly. So I'll give you one clear example. A friend of mine, he surprised me a, a couple of months ago. He, he contacted me after a few months. Uh, I hadn't spoken uh, with him for for three four months and then he told me yeah i i uh, took the c1 exam and i asked him okay so how did it go yeah uh, i'm i'm really sad because i didn't pass and then he showed me the statement of results and there it was uh writing a pass speaking part a pass listening borderline mm. uh reading borderline use of english He completely messed up. So he got 178 points and he needed 180 points to pass the exam. And he completely messed up his use of English. And to be honest, I asked him, so why? How, why do you think that happened? And the thing is that he just didn't practice enough. You know, he didn't practice enough. He didn't take it, probably didn't take it seriously enough. And then there you go, right? So, listeners please please don't underestimate this part of the exam even if it's only three parts of the reading use of english paper and that every teacher out there tells you to spend as little time as possible on this part because you need all your time for the five reading parts i would say okay that might be a fair point but please practice 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 before exam day okay that's my first point. point second point ties in with the first point, and that is, do not waste time in this part of the exam. Because, as I said, the reading use of English part, eight different tasks, three tasks are only use of English, and you don't have to read a lot in those type of tasks. In the reading tasks of the paper, you need to read a lot. So be careful there. Uh, I know from experience, because I took the C2 exam myself, that if you can't come up with a word, for example, in the second uh, part, in part two, where you have an open close, and you think, "Oh, what's the word? I can't," and there's no, there's no hint on the paper, there are no options that you can choose from, that you are going to think, "What is? What is? What is it?" And then you might, you know, waste uh, precious time. Uh, don't do that. Don't do that. Does it make sense what I'm saying to you?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And, Somet- and, and, sometime- so sometimes.
1: Yeah. I, I'm listening to you and thinking okay, wow, so I'm so stressed now as <laughs> if I'm going to take this exam. <laughs> it that's me.
0: why that's why I'm asking. Is it okay? Because you're you're looking very seriously at me right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, I'm listening well, to you. That's okay. That's <laughs> okay. That's okay. <laughs> they just All don't. right. The third tip that I want to give you, uh, is if you look for advice on the internet. Right now, YouTube, podcasts, blog articles... yeah, About how to nail the use of English part... Or any part of the exam. Then there are always different strategies. yeah. Uh, this is the best strategy. That is the best strategy. My top recommendation here is... Try different strategies. Because I've heard so many times from my students... That what works for student A... Doesn't work for student B. Right. So if people say... Give you a clear example... Reading and use of English paper. Eight different parts. All the advice out there says, hmm, it might be clever to start with the use of English parts because you can do them quickly and you've got lots and loads of times time, sorry, for uh the reading part. But other students have told me that doesn't work for me. I get confused. I just want to go, you know, the normal sequence. I want to use the normal sequence that makes me feel comfortable when I do the exam. So my point here is try different strategies while training to discover what works for you. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I'm thinking about that as well. So, for example, for us as teachers,
1: it's essential to give as many tools as we can and equip our students with with that tool. But uh, we should not insist on one particular approach. I, sh- I never do that, and I know that you don't do that. So. And uh, I, I think that uh, yeah, we'll listen to our teachers, we'll listen to our mates, and people who say give us advice. But we need to devise some special scheme for us on how to approach this or that task because we're all different.
0: Absolutely, and like Alexandra said, uh, there are different approaches, and we're going to talk about these approaches in future po- uh, podcast episodes, and maybe on other social media channels. But anyway, uh, that is my third tip: try different strategies. All right. Then uh, the fourth tip that I want to give you is regarding the open-close exercise, that is part two of the exam. So the thing here is that you have to ask yourself one question, and that is, what is the function of the word in the gap? What does it need to do? Is it, do you need a preposition because it needs to collocate or you need to uh, complete a phrasal verb? Do you need a model verb? And if so, which one? Yeah, Is it negative, positive? Do you need an article? And again, maybe it's a no article. I don't know. That doesn't make sense what I'm saying right now because then the gap is still empty. But <laughs> <laughs> the point here is that you have to think about what kind of word uh, you need here. What is the function of the word in the gap? Mm. Yeah, so determiners, conjunctions, like even though, yeah, despite... Um, determiners like mine, their uh, all that stuff you know, you, I, etc, etc so that is part or tip number four tip number five then and that is for the word formation exercise here it is important in my opinion that you read through the text first in all the other parts I know that there are quite a few students who just start doing the task and fill in the gaps but for this one there's always at least one gap where you need a negative yeah a prefix and that for could confuse you and i will give you a very simple example let's imagine that you have the sentence uh, no you have the word the stem word uh, fortune yeah And then the sentence is, it was raining all day. Now, usually we don't like rain. So we say, unfortunately. But maybe the context is about, maybe the text is about a drought. You know, it's about that you haven't had water (laughs) from the sky for months and months and you need rain. Then you need to say the opposite, right? So in that particular case... You say, fortunately, it was raining all day. Does it make sense, this example?
1: Yeah. Good example. Good. A good example. Simple one. But. Good. Yeah.
0: But? But good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's good. Um, and then that was uh, tip number five. So read through the text first. Okay. And then for the last one, which is for most people, like Alexandra said, uh, the hardest part of the use of English, that's the keyword transformation. This is where you should really know your grammar. This is where you need to know how to use passives, reported speech, conditionals, inversions, and also... There can be idiomatic expressions and phrasal verbs, and those are a bit harder to know. Uh, I have to admit that because you can't learn every phrasal verb or idiomatic expression. It's impossible. But you can learn and study the grammar structures that you need to understand for this exercise. So, I'll give you one example here. Uh, there, are, there are different strategies to, to tackle this particular task. And one of the things that many teachers say is that you have to cross out the words. So there's one sentence, there's the given word, and then there's the second sentence with the gap. And then you have to cross out the similar words in the first sentence and in the sentence that you need to restructure. Because then you will see what kind of uh, structure you need to use in the gap. However, while that... Uh, let's say, might give you an idea of what you don't need to do because you're crossing words out, it still doesn't give you, let's say, the answer to what's needed in the gap. And I will give you a clear example. Let's imagine that the original sentence uh, contains the phrase, um, let me come up with something, Uh, we don't mind at all. We don't mind at all. And then the word given is difference, right? So you can cross out any part in the original sentence and in the given uh, second sentence, but it doesn't help you to figure out that you need to use the fixed phrase here, no different, makes no difference, right? If you don't know that expression, then all the tactics to help you solve this riddle don't work. Does it make sense what I'm saying here? Yeah, I've never
1: heard, you know, about this technique, or we call it this strategy of crossing out yeah. words. You know, like use. Just- I'm
0: gonna. I'm, I'm gonna uh, uh, go into that in another episode, okay. and probably also uh, on TikTok. But anyway, uh, for now, I just want to say that for this part. If you're going to learn or use strategies on how to solve the riddle, please, please, please don't think that it is like the panacea, like the magic pill or something, you know. You need to know your grammar, your advanced grammar here.
1: Mm.
0: Is that something that you also experience with your students? That this is the hardest part for them?
1: Yeah, I think that there is a magic pill and that I will, you know, um, provide them with a list of expressions commonly used and commonly that are common for this particular part. But, you know, it's impossible to do. Of course, there can be a couple of things, but generally speaking, it's about the language itself. And you need to know it. It's just, it just goes without saying.
0: There you go. And that brings me to my final point. And that's uh, a simple one. You just need to practice, 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 practice. The seven Ps, right? Every day, every single day. That's what I'm saying in the Facebook group. Always, you have to do something every single day. And if you do that, you will know your grammar. You will know the, let's say, jargon. You will understand what is reported speech, how to use it, conditionals. And last but not least, mind you... Not only do you need this knowledge in the use of English part, it's also extremely useful in the writing part of your exam. Because if you can use conditionals, passives, cleft sentences, and all that kind of stuff in your writing tasks, you'll definitely be on your way to a high score in your Cambridge exam, also for the writing part. Do you agree with me there?
1: Yeah, and uh, listen to Chris when he's speaking, because he gives you the the real idea, like saying, not not only do you need this knowledge, so this is the grammar. So what do you call it, inversion, Chris?
0: <laughs> inversion, yeah. <laughs>
1: yes, so listen to Chris. <laughs> I'm joking. Yeah, inversion yeah. is good.
0: Got it, got it. Uh any questions uh, Alexandra maybe you something wasn't clear or maybe I've forgotten something for our no, listeners
1: No but at at some point I was like thinking you, you got me thinking about the exam and, like my whole experience with it and the strategies that people use they're also different and One thing that I want our listeners to take away from this podcast is not just that we want to disencourage them, but by saying that if you haven't read uh, enough, uh, you will fail, or if you just uh, okay, if there is no one to help you, you will fail, or so on. No, it should motivate you because it's uh, it's it's uh, first of all you learn something new. It's always so good. It's it's great to to get a new piece of. knowledge every day so that's i think our goal
0: absolutely and uh you know these were general tips uh in this particular in this episode and in the future episodes you know we'll go into all that stuff and you can definitely do it so i highly recommend everyone to uh you know keep an eye on what we're doing in 2022 (laughs) and that brings me to the last part of this podcast i think alexandra which is completely yours so i'm shutting up now
1: (laughs) (laughs) who is the boss now (laughs) okay yes (laughs) so much has been said uh before we finish this podcast today we want to share with you one good a good piece of news or let's say educational news we've recently launched our own c1 essay writing guide. And in this guide, we explain what is required of you in the essay writing task. We also teach you how to organize your essays and give yourself phrases that you might want to use uh, if you want to get a high school. And there is also one special bonus in this guide. So no reason to wait. You can download this guide for free from our website, cambridgeexamcoach.com. We'll leave a link in the notes of this episode as usual. Well, Chris, anything to add here about the guide?
0: No, that was brilliant. I love the guide.
1: Yeah, me too. I love it too. (laughs) So finally, if you like this episode, you can share it with someone else who is also preparing for the C1 advanced exam. And, you know, it's always much fun to prepare with someone uh, who is in the same boat with you. (laughs) You can hear it's about the C1 exam. So why not sail in this direction together? Well, (laughs) That's all. Thank you for listening. Happy learning, everyone. Cheers.
0: Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. Oh, and one more thing. You might have heard that I have a new podcast. It's called Build Your English. Every week, from Monday to Friday, I publish 10-minute lessons that teach English in a fun and effective way. I talk about all sorts of topics, from everyday subjects like food, travel, books, And language learning to more serious ones like history politics culture and even philosophy the episodes are spoken at a speed you can understand and come with downloadable mp3 files and pdf transcripts so by dedicating just 10 minutes a day to our lessons you won't just see improvements in your english you'll also enjoy the learning journey I invite you to listen to an episode and see for yourself. Patreon.com slash build Patreon.com slash build